0: 8.40 here. I'm in Nambucca Heads, about five and a half, half hours drive north of Sydney, we're about five and a half hours drive south of Brisbane, about 10 hours drive south of my brother in tanham Sands. So tanham Sands has been hit for the first time by COVID. Like Scores of people are testing positive for the, I assume, the Omicron variant. It's the first time to my knowledge that anyone has tested positive for COVID in Tenham Sands. So Tenham Sands in central Queensland by the coast has gone the entire COVID without any publicly designated cases in Tenham Sands. So lots of rainforest around here. Just beautiful here. Now all these people are getting tested. Long lines for booster shots. People, like whole families, whole groups, are coming down with COVID. Uh, Everyone's wearing face masks quite diligently. So uh, Queensland's recording officially about 7,000 cases a day, but unofficially probably 50,000 new cases a day of Omicron. Sydney, New South Wales, I think they had something about like 37,000 cases of Omicron yesterday, which means the real number is probably closer to 400,000. So Omicron is just sweeping. Australia, much like the United States. Apparently, uh, the U.S. had a million cases on Monday. But uh, hospitalizations have gone up, uh, gone up only moderately. Now a lot of people have drowned in this river. I really want to go swimming in it. There's a really nice current. I want to test myself against the current. I guess that would not be wise. So that's my, that's my primal thinking. Oh, a bunch of people died here. I want to test myself against that current. All right. Really stupid thinking, but that's kind of how I've gone through my life. So, oh, you know, a dozen people have died in that ditch. Well, I know that I can make it. I'm special. So, I was just uh, looking at a CNN article on the safest cities in the world. So, number one was Copenhagen in Denmark, the capital of Denmark. Number two was Toronto, Canada. And uh, Tokyo was in there, and Sydney, and another Asian city. So... The explanation for why Copenhagen was so safe is that uh, there wasn't a lot of economic inequality. So I've done a bunch of research on social cohesion and it seems like the dominant academic perspective is that social cohesion depends upon economic equality. And so I guess that's a kind of a Marxist view that economics explains social relations. And I don't think that's the number one explanation for social cohesion. So social cohesion, one one Danish academic des- describes, summarizes social cohesion as the ability to to share a moral universe with your fellow citizens. In other words, trusting that your average fellow citizen won't try to cheat you. That's what it basically boils down to, trusting that your fellow citizen won't try to treat you. There's only a tiny, tiny number of countries with high social trust, which equals social cohesion, social trust, are just two different ways of saying the same thing. So Australia, New Zealand, and uh, Denmark, Finland, and Sweden, these are about... The only countries in the world with high social trust. Now they also claim some China and India cities and I'm skeptical of those claims so I'm just going to leave them out. But being here in Australia on this trip it reminds me what it's like to be in a high trust society. It's wonderful. Like your interaction with strangers is far more pleasant here in Australia than in say big city America. Now, small town America interactions with strangers tend to be pretty good and pretty similar to interacting with strangers in Australia now. I just can't figure out why is it that in big city America, so that current there, that's where a lot of people drown. Trying to get over to the heads and bucket heads. put a, a life vest on me maybe put a rope on me and see if I can swim across so in Australia there is a the sense that you share a similar moral universe with, with everyone else like the notion of right and wrong oh so another favourite academic approach to social cohesion social trust is that uh the bigger the middle class, the more social cohesion. Because people in the middle, while striving for incremental advances, they see the downsides of cheating as so huge compared to the possible upsides, that they just don't see cheating as worth it. While people at the bottom, people may, may see much more advantage in cheating, and uh, people at the top may feel much more insulated from the negative effects of cheating. So I think there's something to that. Like I think the middle class is more concerned about morality and appearances. But I don't think that's the primary answer. So when I just look at say the Orthodox Jewish community, there's high amounts of economic inequality, that doesn't that doesn't destroy the social cohesion, social trust and orthodox Judaism. So I love being part of a high social trust, socially cohesive community, and I find that in Orthodox Judaism. I get a tremendous amount of energy from interacting with other people pleasantly, and I find that in Orthodox Judaism. So there's even more social cohesion and social trust in Orthodox Judaism than there is in, say, Australia or New Zealand or Copenhagen. So economic inequality doesn't, doesn't seem to damage or destroy social trust in Orthodox Judaism. though thinking about it now out loud, so the more affluent the synagogue, the richer the synagogue, uh, the colder it is, the emotionally colder it is. And the poorer the synagogue, usually the warmer, the emotionally warmer it is. Now well, apparently if you dive into the water here, there's a good chance you'll drown. So you're supposed to wear life vest just walking along these rocks, this break. You can have big waves that run over the rocks, so this is a high-risk activity. All sorts of signs talking about what a high-risk activity this is. Just walking on the outbreak. So trying to decide whether to move to Sydney or stay in Los Angeles. So I've writing it out, so if in Orthodox Judaism, taking advantage of all the Orthodox Judaism has to offer, growing in Orthodox Judaism, studying Torah, if that's my number one priority in life, then I should stay in Los Angeles. Alright? So, if I move from Los Angeles to Sydney, I am saying essentially, Orthodox Judaism is not my number one priority in life, which tracks is as accurate. I don't think it is my number one priority in life. Not anymore. So, consciously, I think my number one priority in life is my emotional sobriety, and I find the most help in staying emotionally sober from 12 step programs. And there's a So if emotional sobriety and 12-step programs are my number one priority in life, and it seems like I would stay in Los Angeles rather than Sydney because there's much more of a 12-step culture in Los Angeles than Sydney, and there are far more 12-step meetings in LA rather than Sydney. There's just more to offer in terms of uh, 12-step recovery, 12-step workshops, Meetings, programs in LA and the city. Now, I'm willing to do my twelve-step work virtually. See, so i primarily depend on my recovery on meetings. I currently depend upon step work, which I can do from anywhere. I'm happy to talk about to my disease. virtually I'm happy to participate. going to be able to have my my synagogues, there just won't be as many, and there won't be as high an intensity of commitment in Sydney compared to Los Angeles. Alright, so Orthodox Judaism, LA has more than Sydney. Full Step Recovery, LA has more than Sydney. If personal ambition is my number one thing, then it's more opportunity in LA. Like it's easier to make money in LA than Sydney, probably. There's more innovation, like the future is being created in LA rather than Sydney. Now, walking down the street is a far more pleasant experience in Sydney than Los Angeles. So walking down the street, going to the beach, using social amenities, going shopping, interacting with strangers, interacting with government bureaucracies, all far more pleasant in Sydney. So there's probably even more mateship in Sydney. There's much more of a tradition of mateship in Australia than in America, so I get a lot of mateship in Orthodox Judaism, but it's just probably easier to, you know, bond with blokes here in Sydney. Australia's about the most sexually segregated industrialised country in the world, so that makes it easier to form, you know, bonds with blokes. Now, I think I'd have about an equal number of friends in Sydney as Los Angeles. So even though I've been living in Los Angeles since '94, a lot of people in Sydney that I grew up with and have stayed in touch with. And I feel very at home in uh, the synagogues that I visited in Sydney. A bunch of blokes that I enjoy talking to. So if being around like high achievers is a top priority for me, then they're going to be more in LA than in Sydney. Uh, so if my entertainment career, my writing career, my YouTube career, right, I get to be around more people high achieving in these areas in LA than I'm in Sydney but everyday life is just more pleasant in Sydney like riding public transport more pleasant going to the beach virtually no crime, particularly in the eastern suburbs. I think Sydney is one of the safest cities in the world so a lot more safety in Sydney pleasant interactions with strangers much more likely to happen in, in Australia than big city America. So what makes the social cohesion? I don't buy that the number one factor is economic equality. I think that can play a role and I think it is an exacerbating role on other factors. So for example, in thailand and, and malaysia and some southeast asian countries fiji i believe the most of the economic high achievers are indian and they tend to dramatically and the chinese and they tend to dramatically out achieve the locals the indigenous and so that destroys social trust between the groups so the high economic inequality on top of being of a different race that that drives the destruction of social cohesion social trust so I like how the water here got the current flowing in and meeting the ocean so racial diversity combined with economic inequality where affluence is is strongly racially related, yeah, I think that will drive the destruction in social cohesion or prevent the ability for people to trust each other. But if it's one of your own who is succeeding economically, now in some cultures that would be absolutely unbearable, but in plenty of other cultures that would be just fine. So Australia has much more of a tall poppy syndrome than America. Where high achievers are looked down on or they're given much more abuse or teasing well in America being a high achiever is like the greatest thing you can be but in Australia it's like you're separating yourself from your mates now it's not suffocating there are plenty of high achievers in Australia but you need to carry it off with a great deal of humility if you can if you can combine your high achieving with humility, then then you can maintain your social ties in Australia. Okay, so if I dove in off the rocks right now, apparently there's a good chance I'd drown current going into the ocean, and the waves from the ocean coming back in. So all this rain is just wreaking havoc with the fourth test match between Australia and New Zealand, Australia and England. That's lovely rainforest here in Nambaka Heads. So my parents had their honeymoon in this area about 68 years ago dear mum and dad came here for a honeymoon